It's the thirst, thirstiest time of the year. Hey. I have just one query. Want a Sprite Cranberry? The answer is clear. It's the thirst, thirstiest time of the year. Sprite, let's go. Beverly all over him. Six seconds remaining. James step back, knocked out of his hands, deflected out of bounds. 3.4 remaining. Testing one, two, testing one, two. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Streaming live in the beautiful FTJ Studios. It's your host, Addison. Welcome to a brand new edition of From the Jump. I believe this is episode 97. I be getting them mixed up. I guess when they be posting, sometimes they, they don't necessarily post in like chronological order. So it'll look like it's 97. However it go, episode 97 from the jump, I got to start off the podcast saying Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year's, Happy Kwanzaa to anybody and everybody that celebrates the holidays. Um, if you don't celebrate the holidays, like I said, definitely Happy Holidays to you and your family. Of course, this is a big time, a big, big weekend. Uh, uh, of course, a lot of sports has been happening. Of course, we've been sitting back watching the games. Of course, basketball was on last night. Lakers, Clippers, of course, big game. We'll talk about that. Anthony Davis. Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, all the stars was out last night. Patrick Beverly was the biggest star last night. And of course, we'll get into it. Was that a foul? No foul. Was that all ball? We'll get into all of that Lakers and, and, and of course, the Clippers analysis from last night. Of course, we'll talk about the Rockets and Warriors. We'll talk college football playoffs this weekend. LSU, Oklahoma, Ohio State. But it's something to jump. Let's roll. Now, of course, if you didn't see yesterday's game, the Los Angeles Clippers did defeat the Los Angeles Lakers. 111 to 106. And of course, yesterday's game was nothing short of entertaining. LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, everybody was on the floor. Paul George even played yesterday. And of course, the leader yesterday in all points and all everything was Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard finished yesterday's game with 35 points and 12 rebounds. LeBron finished yesterday's game with 23 points, 10 assists, and also 9 rebounds as well. He was 9 for 24 from the field, 2 for 12 from the 3. So of course, LeBron James had a horrible game in my eyes yesterday, but... When it mattered most, he, he made some plays down the stretch. But what I want to get into, here's what I want to start off today's podcast with because I heard a lot of people saying, and, and every time they have this matchup, every time Kawhi plays LeBron, everybody's quick to say LeBron is not better than Kawhi Leonard. We've been saying that for the past couple years. I've been even saying Kevin Durant is better than LeBron James. Nobody wants to give me credit on that. I was like three or four years ago saying that Kevin Durant was better than LeBron. A lot of people laughed at me, scoffed me. But the reality of the situation was when we saw him play head to head, it wasn't close. And what we're seeing here with LeBron and Kawhi Leonard is it even it isn't even close. But now starting off with with the, of course the final play of the game last night that that all of us had in question was that ball out on LeBron or was that out on Patrick Beverly? And of course that LeBron enthusiast on Twitter last night and even I had some LeBron homeboys text me after the game and said that that was out on Patrick Beverly. And I'm like, dude, like do you not watch basketball? I'm like, Patrick Beverly slapped the ball. As a result, it caused the ball to come out of LeBron's hands. So as a result, LeBron was the last person to touch the basketball. Now, this notion that Patrick Beverly fouled LeBron on the play is foolishness. It's utter foolishness. All I kept hearing last night, I had a homeboy call me talking about that was a foul on Patrick Beverly. I'm like, dude. I'm like, okay. Are you just, at this point, are you just biased or are you just not even watching the game? The, everybody that watched the game last night saw that that was all ball. And Buddy called me with the confusion like, yo, he was a foul on Patrick Beverly. They should have called that. The NBA is rigged. I'm like, how was the NBA rigged? The rigged for the Clippers? I'm like, if anything, it was rigged for the Lakers. 
And again, at the, at the same notion, at the same token, the Lakers are up 12 at halftime. Let's not forget about that. Now, let's go to the other play that was in question last night, and that was Anthony Davis's foul on Lou Williams. Now, a lot of people, like I said, had an issue with that as well. And again, when you look at the play, that's a play that Anthony Davis, you let Lou Williams lay that ball up, you get it, and y'all get the ball back on the other possession, and you try to score. The fact that he laid it up and then he pushed him lets me know that Anthony Davis didn't had a lack of awareness, if you will. I feel like at that point of the game, Anthony Davis had a, a lack of, of game awareness. And that's where I feel like LeBron James, as the leader, has to come in and at this point. And he was right. They have a long way to go. Because in my mind, on that specific play, Anthony Davis has to understand, I cannot give up a foul here. With a potential, he could get an and one or potential two free throws at the free throw line. So I feel like that was a point where Anthony Davis, you got to know time and score, possession, that kind of thing. And, and as, as I said, early on in this conversation, LeBron being the best player in the NBA, we all know that it's not close last night showed us that he wasn't the best player on the floor last night I thought Kyle Kuzma really brought it but when you look at the stats and when I look at the end of the game when I look at the floor who was on the floor last night at the end of the game Alex Caruso Rajon Rondo Kuzma LeBron and who else was, I think it was I forgot some and Catavius Caldwell Pope was on the floor that's not a championship title lineup that's not a title lineup that I'm comfortable with at the end of a game that I trust against the Clippers in a seven game series it's just ultimately not. And at the end of the day, I believe at this point, Frank Vogel has to now take over as coach because LeBron cannot have the ball in his hands at the end of the game. I'd rather have the ball in Anthony Davis's hands and I'd rather let Rajon Rondo facilitate and possibly have LeBron or post LeBron up in that situation. But the fact that LeBron felt comfortable that he was going to shoot over Patrick Beverly when Patrick Beverly knew absolutely LeBron was not going to go to the rim. He knew in that moment LeBron was going to do one thing. He was going to do the step back jumper and LeBron's jumper is so long that Patrick Beverly if you watch the play almost kind of timed it perfectly and again don't get me wrong am I mad at LeBron for taking that shot I'm not because if he makes it it's a tie ball game it's 109 109 but they're down three points so I'm not mad at LeBron taking that shot he's probably the best player on the floor probably to take that shot but I think going forward even in the playoffs I'd rather have the ball in Anthony Davis's hands I'd rather lose at this point in my in my career at this point in the season with the ball in Anthony Davis's hands than LeBron because LeBron more times than not in that situation is going to have a Patrick Beverly-like moment where he's going to get his shot blocked. And essentially, I guess, a battle for L.A. The Clippers are now 2-0 and against the Los Angeles Lakers. And both times, I'm not going to say LeBron was passive, but I just feel like LeBron just didn't insert himself aggressively enough in the fourth quarter. I feel like scoring-wise in order to put his team over position, but I think at this point that's asking too much of LeBron at 35 years old. And again, he kind of said at the end of the game that his groin was hurting. Y'all take a listen to what he said about his groin. The game, um, second, second, the third defensive possession, I got needed in the groin, uh, taking a charge from Pat Bay. And it kind of set me right back to where I was. Finally. Other scores from the Christmas Day games yesterday, the Boston Celtics defeated the Toronto Raptors 118 to 102. The Philadelphia 76ers defeated the Milwaukee Bucks 121 to 109. The Golden State Warriors defeated the Houston Rockets 116 to 104. My dubs. My dubs got a big dub on the biggest stage. And the only takeaway I'm gonna have for this game, because again, we are still one of the worst teams in the league. Don't get me wrong. Steph and Clay didn't play yesterday. Draymond played a hell of a game yesterday. Damian Lee. Shout out to Damian Leach. 
I thought James Harden and them was going to blow us out. I'm not even going to lie to you. I thought it was going to blow us out yesterday. Of course, James Harden finished with 24 points yesterday, 11 assists. Russell Westbrook finished with 30 points, 12 rebounds, and also 5 assists. But, again, we all know this team is just, at the end of the day, is going to just come down to those two guys. The Golden State Warriors over the Houston Rockets, 116-104. to 104. The New Orleans Pelicans defeated the Denver Nuggets yesterday, 112-100, behind Brandon Ingram's 31 points. Nikola Jokic was the team high leader for the Denver Nuggets with 23 points, also chipping in as well yesterday for the New Orleans Pelicans. Drew Holiday had 20. J.J. Reddy finished with 15. Lonzo Ball finished with 10 points, 9 rebounds, but also had 3 assists as well. And Etuan Moore off the bench had 10 points. Josh Hart also came in and played a great 30 minutes yesterday of basketball and had 16 points and also 9 rebounds, which was huge for them off the bench. And again, even though the Pelicans are 9-23, and they are one of the worst teams in the NBA, and they're totally handling this Zion Williamson situation wrong. Brandon Ingram right now is looking really good for the New Orleans Pelicans, and he's playing for a contract because we all know this is his fifth year. But the New Orleans Pelicans over the Denver Nuggets, 112-100. to But don't go anywhere. Up next on From the Jump, we will talk college football playoffs coming up. I'll get you ready for the Peach Bowl and also for the Fiesta Bowl, my analysis on both of those games and who I think will win those games. And on today's edition of the wrap-up, we'll talk Beast Mode going back to Seattle. Listen up. From the jump. I work hard every day of my life. I work till I ache in my bones. At the end, at the end of the day, I take home my heart and pay on my own. I get down on my knees and I start to break. The tears run down from my eyes. Somebody, 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 somebody. Somebody to love, find me somebody to love, find me somebody to love, somebody, 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 find me somebody to love. Hey, need a laptop that boots up as fast as six seconds when you're running late? It's switching time. Or how about a battery that lasts up to 12 hours? Order up. Now we're cooking. Or how about one with virus protection built in? Which would be helpful right about now. Yeah, if you want all that, switch to Chromebook. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Fresh off the advertisement break, man. It's your host, Addison. Man, we are jamming right now in the FTJ studios. And, of course, I got my engineer, Eric, in the building with me. Always hooking it up. Always making sure my podcast gets distributed to all the streaming platforms. We are on, available on all streaming platforms. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartMedia. Um, wherever podcasts are distributed at, that's where we are. So continue to keep streaming us. Apple Podcasts, if I didn't say it, if I said it again, Spotify, iHeartMedia, we everywhere, man. 2020, we taking over the whole market space, the whole market share. We gonna, I want to say thank you to everybody that's been tapping in, making our numbers and our streams and our, our everything just go through the roof, man. So shouts out to y'all. But of course, you know, we got to talk about this weekend's college football. Of course, there's a lot of college football that's going to be on television. But of course, there's four teams that are the most important teams this entire weekend. Bigger than the NFL. I ain't gonna lie to you. Week 17, a lot of guys sitting, starting uh, fantasy championship. I did win my league. Shout out to the Dynasty and the Making Fantasy Football League. I did win the entire league. Uh, you know, I had not to toot my own horn, but <laughs> you know, we do what we do. Uh, uh, uh. 
But of course, as I said, college football playoffs this weekend, the Peach Bowl, LSU will be taking on Oklahoma, and in the Fiesta Bowl, Ohio State will be taking on Clemson. And of course, in both of those matchups, it really going to come down to the quarterback play. I mean, I can sit here and try to try to mouth you with defense talk, but we all know that that's foolishness. At the end of the day, they're the four best teams, and at the end of the day, the four best quarterbacks. And ultimately, who's the best coach out of these four remaining? Is it Ed Ogeron at LSU? I'm sorry, not Oklahoma. Is it Ed Ogeron at LSU? Is it Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma? Is it Ryan Day at Oklahoma? Is it Ryan Day at Ohio State? Or is it Clemson with Dabo Sweeney? Now, of course, Dabo Sweeney has been here before, has won two national championships. So I'm going to, by default, give Dabo Sweeney the nod as being the best coach in this college football you know, arena, if you will. But with that same breath, does he have the best team? My only concern about Ohio State versus Clemson is Justin Fields' health. If Justin Fields, you know, and of course he addressed his health this weekend. Y'all take a listen. Um, my knee's probably not a, not uh, like I wanted to be right now, but I think uh, with, with treatment every day and just, just resting it every day, uh, ho- hopefully it'll be better by the game, and I'm probably going to wear the same knee brace I started out with uh, the Team Up North game, so that, that's what I'll be wearing. And, of course, listening to Justin Fields talk about his health, that's my guy, but the reality of the situation is if he's not going to be 100%, that puts Ohio State at a deficit. But the beauty about Ohio State is they have Chase Young on the other side playing defense. And, of course, I got into one of them arguments with my guy. Shout out to my boy, yo. But he he, he was convincing me that Chase Young is the best player in football. And, of course, me, you know what I'm saying? I feel like Justin Fields is the best player in football. And, of course, but Joe Burrow has a lot to say with that Joe Burrow did win the Heisman. But, again, the, the, the beauty about Ohio State, what they have on the other side of the football, is they have Chase Young. And that's going to create a lot of problems for Trevor Lawrence if Trevor Lawrence isn't able to move the pocket. So, again, that Ohio State-Clemson matchup is really going to come down to two things. Justin Fields' health and overall is Chase Young going to be able to put pressure on Trevor Lawrence. If Trevor Lawrence gets, you know, any pressure on him, it's going to be a long night for Trevor Lawrence because Chase Young is a monster. And I think we all are going to see on the biggest and brightest stage how good Chase Young really is. And, of course, as I said, if Justin Fields can be any of health and with J.K. Dobbins in that backfield and those receivers, man, the sky's the limit for this Ohio State football team. My heart tells me Ohio State's going to win, but my mind is telling me I can't bet against Dabo Sweeney and them Clemson Tigers because they've been here before. They are the defending national champs. So, again, I, I can't just bet against them, but my heart is telling me with Chase Young on one side of the football and Justin Fields on the other side, this Ohio State team is dangerous, man. They're poised to win a national championship. But I'm going to go with my heart. And I'm going to pick Ohio State to win this game 45-44 in an overtime thriller. This is going to be an overtime thriller. It might go to double overtime, but I'm going to call it an overtime thriller. Ohio State over Clemson 45-44. to In the other game, LSU versus Oklahoma. Again, it's going to come down to Joe Burrow versus Jalen. It's a matchup that is just as important. Both of these guys were Heisman finalists. Both of these guys won their conference. Both of these guys have been playing at a high level this entire season. Jalen Hurts had a couple of hiccups this season. But he kept, like I said, he kept his cool, kept his poise, won the Big 12, and ultimately ended up being a Heisman finalist. Joe Cool, Joe Brady, Joe Burrow, whatever you want to call him, has been on fire all season long. Winning the SEC, going to Tuscaloosa, going to Brian Denny, slaying old St. Nick, which, by the way, has to play Michigan in the Citrus Bowl. And they're going to embarrass Michigan. Let's just be clear. They're going to embarrass Michigan. I don't care if Tua Tagovailoa is not playing. Joe Mack, whoever the quarterback is for Alabama, will be on display, and I'm, I'm guarantee you they will blow Michigan out the water. But as I said, this is a matchup as, as, as in college football that ultimately comes down to the two quarters. Lincoln Riley, we've seen him in this big moment, you know, kind of come up short. However, 
against the, against the LSU team, you know, which we have seen dominate everybody that they play, dominate Georgia just from the start of that game to the finish, dominate Alabama from the really from the start of that game to the finish as well. I know they're talking about the the running back for LSU right now is hurt, but you know, again, these guys will be playing when it's time to play football. Let's be clear, these guys will be playing. So as I said, that game is going to come down to you know Joe Burrow versus Jalen Hurts, but I'm gonna have to pick LSU in that game, 45-38. In that game, will be just like I said, will be a nail biter game. But this game will be a high power game against Louisiana because again, if they win this Peach Bowl, the national championship is in LSU. So their eyes, they want to get this game done and over with. They want to wipe Oklahoma out so they can ultimately win a national championship on their home turf. So again, I'm gonna go with the LSU Tigers, the Geox Tigers, 45 to 38 in this match. Happy holidays. Merry New Year. Y'all have a great day. It's a great feeling to be back. But, of course, we talked about a lot on today's episode. As I said earlier, Marshawn Lynch is returning to the Seattle Seahawks for apparently a one-year deal. Of course, the Seattle Seahawks have a, a very important divisional game, winner-take-all kind of game with a lot of rights. If the Seattle Seahawks win and some people lose, they could possibly be winning the division and have a home field advantage. Of course, the 49ers win this football game this weekend. They will ultimately have home field advantage throughout the NFC, and they will ultimately be the number one seed. So there are a lot of playoff implications, and the Seattle Seahawks were down two running backs. And they need Wilson. Let's see what this Marshawn Lynch move does ultimately for Seattle, but I think this is a big move for the Seattle Seahawks, as I said. At this point in the season, you got to be able to run the football and also play defense. But we are streaming on all streaming platforms, iHeartMedia, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever podcasts are streaming at, definitely tap in with us. We want to say thank you for a hell of a 2019 season, man. This has been a great year for us. Our streams, our numbers, our listeners, everything has gone through the roof. And it's all all thanks to y'all, man. So we want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for that. But it's your boy, man. Episode 97 of From the Jump. We out.